Hello, you are listening to the second episode of High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiera-Fielding and Adam Sarsby rawlings And we are here with a very special guest, Robin Grant, who also happens to be our friend and social media manager for the New Feminist Magazine. Hiya. Hi, guys. How is everybody? I'm good. I'm excited Robin's here. One of my favorite people. Oh, I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> the great thing about a podcast is we can cut out anything, literally anything you want. <laughs> you we just can say trim the word. All the shit. <laughs> yeah, we can take it all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast, Robin. Yeah. No, of course. Thank you for having me. So, for those of you who haven't listened to our first episode, um which if you haven't, why not? We've only done one other episode. Go I know, like, get on it, guys. Like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, for those of you who haven't, we um, started a segment last episode, well, at the end of last episode, where we share a, a Femi thought or Femi fact, um, which is feminist thought, feminist fact, obviously. Um, and we want to start the episode off this time with it. So, Adam, do you want to start us off? Okay, so my Femi thought and Femi fact, a bit of both, um is I just want to give a shout out to Michelle Yo. Um she's the first Asian woman to one to one to win best lead actress at the Oscars um, for a role in everything ever all at once, which if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a great film. Um but it's just important because she is the first Asian woman to be nominated in that category. And she's actually only the second woman of colour in 95 years of the Oscars to have won as a lead actress. Um wow. which it says a lot, doesn't it? And mm. the last one was Halle Berry in, I believe it was either 2000 or 2001. So again, like a massive gulf of time as well between. Um, and like that's mad to me when you've got like Viola Davis and like Octavia Spencer mm. and, you know, so many amazing actresses of colour that deliver fantastic performances. But yeah, just wanted to give a little shout out to Michelle. We love you, sis. Um, keep Queen. doing the thing. Yes, thank you for using your femme thought for that because I didn't know, I actually didn't even know that. I've not been paying attention, so... Um, that's so cool well done to her and I feel like I've I've been seeing her win these awards but I feel like not unless I've just been missing it people haven't been talking about kind of the significance of it unless I've yeah, just been exactly. missing it all. yeah I haven't heard I haven't heard of it I think that um the film as well I've been over it all at once it focuses on like a Chinese immigrant family and it's I don't know if you guys haven't seen the film like I won't give too many spoilers but it's got such a, for such a film with such an abstract concept behind it, the emotional rooting of the film is so like raw and real that I think it's kind of essential viewing for any feminist. Um, so mm-hmm. watch the film, everybody. It's great. Michelle Yeoh is an icon of cinema. Um, just absolutely amazing actress and just really happy to see that she's been recognized after, I think it's like four decades in the film industry. Oh my God. Wow. wow. Wow, that was a really that was a strong start to the to the Femi facts. So thank you. <laughs> okay, Robin, let's hear yours. Yeah, so I have to follow on from that. So um, <laughs> I, if anyone doesn't know, which you won't know, I did a history degree. So um, my Femi fact was actually about the Salem witch trials, um, which is uh, really interesting for multiple reasons but mainly because the reasons a lot of these women were trialed um, weren't necessarily for what people imagine to be like magic and spells. It's for very kind of basic things of women being too rich or being too poor or stepping outside of what 
these men who created these laws thought what they should be. So they were outspoken. Um, and it was just a very interesting way to kind of silence women. Um, but what was really fascinating about it was the fact that women would also be pitted against other women. So if women were jealous or if they heard other women gossiping, they would claim that this other woman was a witch and often then put on some sort of trial. I was going to say, it's always the way, isn't it? And we had a little chat about this before we started recording, but I always think it's yeah. really interesting that the first woman to be tried in the witch trials was Tichba, who was a black woman. I forget if she was technically legally a slave or not, but obviously she was... Um, a black woman uh, in the 1700s or 1800s for exactly when it was Robin you can correct me in America yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know massively a woman on the fringes of the society of Salem yeah yeah absolutely and the men because there were men actually who were trialed in the witch trials but all of the really? men that were trialed were so yeah yeah um only I, it wasn't a lot I, I want to say handful, it was right? like three or four three or four, not a lot. Um, but they were all men who were associated with women who were seen as witches. So even, you know, the men who were on trial, they weren't on trial for being a man. It was just associate by association, which- I would so get like found as a witch if I was a, like, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would be burnt at the stake so fast. <laughs> I feel like I'd be scheming. I, I think I would be able to get away with it. I feel like I could like, no, I don't. I don't. What? Who, who this, do I think I am? The like, going scheming up against, mentality like, the men of the time. is what would get you tried as a witch. Yeah, you just have to completely. Yeah. you have great. to just be the most like middle of the road person ever to try and evade. I don't know. That's so true. But that's a great um, one, Robin. Yeah, that's so good. No, Thanks. I love it. I love witch content. What's yours, Ellie? <laughs> so mine is. I'm back at you with the random facts again. <laughs> so. <laughs> I found out this week that um, women hold the three highest IQ scores ever recorded, um, which oh, wow. is sick because I have literally had a conversation with a man where he's told me that men are on average more intelligent. Um, Not emotionally. I now have like proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tr way true. Um, but yeah, now I have proof to actually be like, no, that's not true. Um so I thought that was cool. Obviously, I don't, IQ has sort of been debunked. Like it's not a very accurate way of testing knowledge. It's one way of measuring intelligence. But it's something. Um, do you want to know who they are? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, okay, so the first one, um, okay, I say three, but one of them I'm not sure about, just, but I'll I'll get there. Um, so the first one is Marilyn Vos Savon. And can we just like talk about how iconic the fact that her name is Savon and she's <laughs> like <laughs> so cool um and she got she got her score at 10 years old oh my and she's so... the highest ever recorded IQ score at 10 and y'all still out there trying to clown women saying that we aren't smart and I she's know. running circles around you at the age of 10 I know that's take crazy. several seats I mean, she's also running circles around me at the age of 10. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, um, she, I think she's still alive. I think she's a magazine columnist, author and lecturer. Um, so she's just sharing her knowledge, which we love to see. We love. Um, the next woman is Edith Stern, um, and she holds more than 128 US patents in her name. So she's obviously just a super genius. Um, that's all I know about her. But yeah. Thomas Edison was ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes 
um and then I want Hypatia I think that's how you say her name but I'm not sure so like please feel free to correct me if anybody listening knows um and this is why I'm not sure because this was in 351 BC so did they have that test then I'm not sure I didn't do enough research to be honest I just sort of came across the fact and thought it was cool but she was the daughter of a popular mathematician Theon of Alexandria who I also I don't know her I don't know her dad I don't know what was happening at the time I don't know anything about it but apparently she invented um scientific instruments such as the astrolabe and the hydrometer again I just don't know what her instruments are I don't know who her dad is I don't know who she is but go girl like I'm so glad for you good for her yeah <laughs> sounds like good genes good genes yeah for sure for sure so yeah random once again I feel like that's going to be my thing every week I'm just going to find the most random one I possibly can <laughs> oh my god no I love that Okay, so let's introduce the topic for the podcast. Um, We're going a bit lighter this episode. Obviously, last episode, we talked about podcast bros, um, and it got a bit dark, honestly. We went through it a little bit last (laughs) Yeah, I think we we were feeling emotions. (laughs) We were feeling some strong emotions. It was a bit of a struggle. Yeah, we went from, like, laughing to, like, being really... I was, like, sad at one point, and then we were, like, really (laughs) feeling... It was an emotional roller coaster for sure. It was. It was. Uh, this one pro- will probably be as well, but at least it's lighter. So we're going to be yeah. talking about dating as feminists, um, sharing experiences, so probably some dating disasters, hopefully some positivity as well, some advice or something that we can offer you. <laughs> Which I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's sort of what we're going to be touching upon. We've brought Robin on. Um, mainly, I mean. One, because she's amazing, but secondly, because I um, have been in a relationship for six years um, and during that relationship, I became a feminist, which means technically I have never actually dated as a feminist, so cannot relate, sorry. So yeah, we thought it'd be cool to have another perspective of somebody who has. Um, and it's not easy out there, I can tell you that now. Oh, <laughs> really not. fuck me, no it isn't. It really is not. Okay, so... I was going to say, shall we start there? So, Robin, I'm just interested to know what your thoughts are about dating as a feminist. I mean, obviously, you're based in London as well, and I've dated in London, and it's particularly hard to date in London, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think the most obvious thing to say is just there's certain, like, negative connotations to being a feminist still in in the eyes of men. Mm. Um, I think there's, like, a natural reaction for them to be, like, you're going to attack me or you're going to have to be careful about what I say, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that's the most obvious thing. Um, And also, for women, men will say dating's hard because when men will say something right at the beginning on a first date that maybe doesn't, you don't want to, you don't want to kind of bypass it, it feels like a lot to call out on someone on a first date maybe Mm. um and I feel like there's pressure to kind of be like okay maybe you just hold your tongue leave it um so there's this internal debate about whether that's something you even is that something you bring up on a first date but then you don't want to leave it until later down the line what if it's an issue that you actually have to do you have to discuss to know whether you want to continue dating this guy yeah it's interesting isn't it because Yeah, I can't relate, but I, obviously I dated a lot before Felix. Um, mm. I went through like an insane year where I, I actually dated so much that my first article for my student newspaper, well, for Inquire, Robin, as you know, um, <laughs> was 24, 25 dates and counting. Like within wow, like amazing several months. So um, it just, I didn't label myself as a feminist back then. And I don't think I had that, like, like I don't think I knew 
I think being a feminist you sort of have an idea of who you are a little bit more and what what mm. you believe in and what you want and I didn't have any of that so it mm-hmm. it changed my dating experience completely but I think if I was to to date now I would definitely put put it out in the open immediately like it would go straight on the bio so I can like filter out all of the crap because it's mm-hmm. like the biggest belief you can have as a woman is yeah that you support other women and you fight fighting for equality. So, and I just couldn't date anybody who who disagreed with that. So I'd have I'd literally have to put it out there immediately. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really respect that. I mean, for me, it's obviously a little bit different because I'm in a queer space. But I predominantly date men that either identify as straight or like bi curious, bisexual. Um, just because as a non-binary femme person, I kind of just that's the kind of man that tends to be interested in me and I am I have the same sort of mentality that I do make my sort of stances known quite early just on the basis Mm -hmm. that I've come across a lot of guys that have like they find it is like it's like Robin said like it's a really big red flag for them um and I think it's because they associate what they think is feminism is like being I mean to use these really sexist terms like boss or like argumentative yeah or when the reality is it's not that we're just assertive and we're not going to sit and take we're not I'm not going to sit back and listen to misogyny and just think oh it's okay because you know what he's saying doesn't necessarily impact me directly or I just think that a lot of men see it as like a big red flag when obviously it isn't but yeah it's like the fact that they see it as a red flag is a red flag yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely. Because I was gonna say, like, if when when as a woman, when you know what you want, like I think that's like, and you like claim what you want, that's probably the biggest like fuck you to the patriarchy that you could probably give. Yes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 But you know what's interesting? Sorry. Um, what's interesting is I feel like it's the the word is almost associated with the negative connotations, not necessarily what a woman is doing. Like I feel like having a boss bitch is kind of an attractive trait right neo sang miss independent and for a reason <laughs> you know and that was never seen as like oh this is a bad thing this woman is at the top of her game she earns her own money she does all these things the issue is with the word which is interesting because that's to me suggests you actually don't know what feminism is and you're not thinking about the meaning behind why women are doing this mm. but then 100%. i kind of feel like guys like the idea of like oh you're out there making your own money and you can stand on your own two feet because then they feel like they don't have to pay like your way they don't have to like fall into like the provider role but then the other things that come with that like speaking your mind and all that sort of that Mm. aspect of feminism that isn't just like let's say economic feminism I feel like that's where men sort of disengage as well at least in my experience I'm really curious um Robin I do know that you have dated as a feminist yes yeah there was a time I think there was a there was a period like when was it maybe not even too long ago like this time last year that there was a there was a lot of time when I was dating <laughs> men and women anything that yeah okay cool no we love it um t- yeah tell us a little bit about your like dating background then and how's your relationship going hope it's going wonderfully yeah happy for you yeah um so you know what it's interesting as like a bi woman and I my past relationship I was with a girl for three years so coming out of a relationship with a woman and then starting to date men again was 
huge transition because I was so used to having a woman and her the kind of emotional support she gave me and what I expected from a relationship was very just women focused and having a relationship with a woman and a man is so different for different reasons and there's pros and cons to both um did you feel like you sort of downgraded a little bit (laughs) 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 that face again nobody can see that but Robert just pulled a face that revealed everything (laughs) it's different um (laughs) and I think for me it was dating women and men like kind of in tandem with each other again was almost really quite hard to do sometimes because what I think when women go out and date on first dates they're often a lot more uh, how is the best way to describe this without being mean um I'll be mean sis (laughs) choose violence always they they care more they care more about kind of how you're feeling um they're aware because I think they're aware of how maybe being on a date with someone else where it's uncomfortable you feel safer there's a lot of different aspects of being on a date with a woman and also there is I've never had like a discussion with a woman about feminism or even like a modern day topic where um I don't know maybe ah oh, the um Rowan Wade uh case well at the time if I discussed that on a, with a woman on a date would be on the same page straight away and with a man you don't always know that's going to happen and with a man with first dates with men there's always an element of safety that I have to feel about differently have you ever been on a date with a woman who didn't sort of call herself a feminist no I don't think so I think uh, maybe she didn't I think I've been on dates maybe where women wouldn't actually define themselves as feminist but I think their beliefs would be feminist um then just because they don't call themselves that doesn't mean that their beliefs don't align with a feminist I've never been on a date with a woman who was just like no I don't want equal rights for myself yeah I find that really hard (laughs) to picture that's why I wanted to ask because I was obviously you don't want to assume but I would assume that like all women would be on the same page with it all and yeah that's why I sort of was like is it a bit does it feel like a bit of a downgrade when you go to like start dating men because I don't mean that in a really insulting way, even though it's probably the most insulting phrase I could think of. Um, <laughs> but it is it is just one of those things where you don't have to worry about safety and you're like, so mm. women are so much more emotionally mature. So when you do go to date a man, it must be a bit like, oh, <laughs> this, is, this is not the same. This is difficult. I honestly, I envy it. <laughs> I envy it. <laughs> yeah. Just because, I mean, I won't get into it. What are you going to say, Robin? (laughs) You're like, I don't have the time for this. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to come back to that. (laughs) It Honestly, it's just um, emotionally is a huge one. Like having dating women straight up emotionally, we're on the same level. And also they pick up on emotional cues um, that men don't. And I think think men, and I could be wrong, I haven't been in a long-term relationship with a man like you Ellie um but I can imagine over time they do pick up up on those things um but it seems that when men go out and date um often they're not always even looking for a relationship and I think that's another thing to consider whereas women are quite upfront with what they want I feel men lie to get what they want um Mm. another thing to consider (laughs) go off Adam go on (laughs) oh god 
I don't even know where to start. Ellie gave me a prompt. I don't know where to start. <laughs> Do you know what? Let's just, just go straight into our like stories because I feel like that's where all the like juicy stuff's going to be. And me and Adam have a little shared document that we like put some thoughts down on that we think would be cool for the podcast. And Adam wrote <laughs> dating horror stories, accidental blind date with an anti-choice nutcase. How and why? And I want to hear every single detail. So when I was at university, it was the summer between, and a friend of mine from college had said, oh, there's a guy that like is from our same town. You know, I know him from uni. He's a great guy. Um, I showed him your picture. He'd like to go on a date with you. And I was like, you know, sure, whatever. Let's set it up. And like, I'll just go on the date. So I go to the restaurant and talk to this guy but basically we were talking and he found out that what my degree was which was religion and politics so and this is something that men just in general and I don't know if you found this Robin being a history student as well but if you have any sort of knowledge about things that I like to do society history politics that sort of stuff I found that a lot of men just love to mansplain everything to you and that's exactly what this man did and he then veered off into like BLM first of all and like saying that BLM is like a scam and like (gasps) it doesn't exist and I was like straight away yeah I was like okay this is a little bit sus don't love this bear in mind I was actually in a restaurant that like I went to all the time as in my childhood so like all the waiters knew me as well um which like made this like better and worse because they smuggled me out at the end like happy ending <laughs> of the story i walked out but he went into this whole diatribe about how he thought that um abortion was like wrong and he was like trying to like goad me into like arguing with him about it and i was just sat there like i am pro-choice that's not gonna change and i don't want to have this conversation with you but the thing is guys this was a first date we hadn't i had never even texted this guy before this was literally my first interaction with him and he showed all this off i mean thankfully he did so it never went anywhere he just launched into this awful diatribe about like how he thought abortion just like led like promoted promiscuity which says well what's wrong with promiscuity and just like all this awful stuff about how like abortion like women who get abortion should be like given life sentences and just absolutely you're kidding no i'm not this isn't just like even joking anti-choice this is like full-on like deep south america like yeah Yeah. holy shit i was gonna say where is he from yeah the northwest of england but also can i this this is maybe this is just my like a bit of ignorance from me but i really didn't think that like gay men would have that sort of like strong opinion on abortion because oh, i feel like a lot of men they 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 have that really strong opinion because they feel like they like own us and that we you know that they mm. have some kind of autonomy over our body but there are some atrociously misogynistic gay men atrociously misogynistic and this guy was one of them this fascinates me. Um, I tend to find that ra- racism is a lot more common in the gay community. Like, I would say that a lot of white gay people are very racist, um, which is really is really sad. But you just need to look at the way that black queens on Drag Race are tweeted, tweeted, treated by the fandom to see that a lot of white gay men of all sort of gender expressions are actually really racist, which is really sad because our entire civil rights movement was built by black and brown people um but there are a 
population of gay men we talked about them a little bit on the last episode like straight acting gay men and i'm saying that not as like i said in the last episode this isn't this isn't all masculine gay men but a lot of gay bisexual and self-identifying straight men that date me are really misogynistic to the point that like it almost feels like a rejection of what they think society sees them as as like being feminine but oh interesting i've been on dates with gay men that have said that women lie about rape um saying that's me as a rape survivor is great um that oh my god things like like the pro um the pro forced birth take that that man had on that date things to do with honestly stuff that you would pull straight out like an incel forum and Mm. i think that they they say it to me, I think, particularly because they want to get a reaction out of me because they, I think I'm so visibly not that ideology. I think that they see it almost as a way of like negging and it's like, oh, like, yeah, he's kind of like an edgelord. He's kind of cute. No, you're a piece of shit. Mm, yeah. Do you hell? think, do you think this is like a result of like internalized absolutely hatred for themselves? Absolutely. And yeah. it's like coming out. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's a mix up because most of these most if not all of the men that I'm talking about are white as well I think it's the fact that they only have one thing that removes them from being in the position of ultimate privilege in society which is a straight cis white man and I mm. think that it's compensation for that one thing that knocks them a point back in the same way that you can find a lot of conservative white women who are really um, homophobic transphobic racist um, a lot of black men who are very sexist and homophobic for the same sorts of reasons mm. that it's almost like an overcompensation to be on the in club of people with privilege, I feel. And a lot of it is self-hatred. And it's difficult because they don't always, some of them show their ass straight away. But I've been dating guys for like three or four weeks before these views really become apparent. And that like, you might get a feeling, but I've actually, this is quite an intimate story. I've not really told many people this, but I was dating a guy for about five weeks and not not seriously but we'd had sex and then afterwards while I was still in his bed next to him we're in a full rant about people lying about rape and like false accusations which just it's it's such a stupid take but also I just felt so violated because I just had sex with this guy yeah I wouldn't have gone anywhere near him if I knew that that's what he thought about people that are brave enough to talk about sexual assault yeah and I mean, like, I literally, the second he said it, I was, like, closing out the door. It just, it feels so immediately unsafe. But it's really hard dating as a feminist because there are, sadly, a lot of guys who fall on a sort of sliding scale of misogyny like this. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're not always the most apparent. And then you just hear this one awful take they have and you have to just exit straight away. And you've wasted your time. You know, not that I feel bad about it, but you've wasted their time as well because you're not going to be compatible. Mm-hmm. And you just feel stupid for not having noticed those signs earlier. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was kind of saying about how if I was to date, I would just put put it all out in the open about feminism. I was at this party once, um, like this house party, and there was this group of um, men and they um, asked, it was literally me and then like maybe like six men, um, like sort of standing in a circle. And they asked me what I do. And I said, I run a magazine. And then they were like, what kind of magazine? And usually like, I would jump at the opportunity to tell people what I do um, and like go into like the whole like 
women empowerment speech that I so often give so I'm like no stranger to it and I love doing it and I love you know but sometimes you just don't especially when it's many you don't know how they're going to react you can't be bothered for it so you kind of don't want to I just wasn't really looking forward to and I could tell I could just tell that each of them was going to have something to say so I I I said it I was like it's a feminist magazine and simultaneously all six of them stepped back and put their hands up like I'm innocent like is that really like imagine Uh, if we imagine if I said if I phrased it differently and I was like oh I believe that like men and women are equal they'd be like yeah sure like cool because you would be very strange to like not but as soon as I say the f word they're like oh my god like (laughs) and I was like this is what I was talking about earlier on yeah it's that negative connotation with that word and I think there's a certain word and I think it's really hard because this this negative negative connotation from this word has come from like a very minor group of people that maybe have taken something maybe to an extreme um but the majority and the, the meaning behind feminism is wild that not everyone everyone should be that anyway like the best way that conversation could have gone is these men are like amazing tell me more yeah. Can I? <laughs> me too. I'm a feminist too. What? You know, Wait, do you know what I mean? no. But that can be a red flag in itself. Oh, why is it yes. so oh hard God, out yes. here for women? And, and, I want to like... talk about this oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> I oh swear, because the th- the thing is, and I feel like people are talking about this more on on like TikTok and stuff. Is that yes. when you get these mm-hmm. like feminist men, they tend to be like the master manipulators, and they're not really that feminist. They just know that no, that's not. a good thing to say, so they say it, and then they're like ex- they expect things from you, and they're like because they're the nice guy who like believes that you should have rights, <laughs> like that you owe them something. You owe you have to be nice to them when you, when you say expect things when you say expect things what do you mean like well I hear like I fortunately haven't like come across any um because I feel like this sort of pocket of men ha- it sort of happened while I was in like within the last six years so but I have seen people on TikTok talk about them and it's like they'll expect one you to be like really nice to them because they're the nice guy or two you expect they want to be applauded they want to be applauded or they want them if they're they're claiming to be a feminist then they're in their eyes they're desirable so you should want them so if you don't if after the date you're like I'm sorry I'm not interested like they will I've heard some crazy stories where they will go absolutely insane and like start insulting you and like even worse um because they just feel like they're owed something for that and I don't I don't understand it but go on Adam you felt like you had like a lot to say on, on that oh, topic. <laughs> I really do because like the sort of the quote-unquote feminist guy I mean like some men are feminists I would like to have my future partner be a feminist obviously why would I not yeah can we just but exclude that... like real male feminists for a second yeah you're, like actual because... genuine like <laughs> because if that's you we ain't talking about you Um, it's guys that are so happy to be at the face of like feminism and claim all the sort of the social capital of women that that grants them but then it's like oh I'm a feminist so um you know I'm trying to think of a good example here but it's like oh I'm a feminist so well you should be like sexually free then so you should just feel free to have sex with me because you know that I respect you because I'm a feminist and you're being feminist because you're sleeping with a guy who respects your body even though the whole angle is to make you feel you have to have sex with them and 
it's mm. virtue signaling in the worst way. I don't feel like mm. a man being a feminist should be, unfortunately it is, but it should not be a point of a, like being applauded or like celebrated. It no. should be a normal thing. Mm. And I've dated so many guys who have said that like, oh, I'm a feminist. And then just displayed the most anti-feminist things. The amount of, actually, the amount of dates I've been on with guys who profess themselves to be feminists, who then expect a blowjob at the end of the night because they paid. That, oh, that expectation of, I've done this for you, which means you have to do it in return. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. really angers me. So speak it's on No, it's Robin, doctored. speak on it. It's, it's, so, right. There's so many layers to the <laughs> idea that a man has paid for drinks, dinner, whatever, okay? If you have offered... And like men feel a pressure to do it because society's told them that they're what they have to be the breadwinner. They have to be that a dominant man who can look after the women. Right. I am not really into that at all. I feel more comfortable. Everything's splitting half and half. That's like, I think that should be how it is. There are certain men that feel that pressure. They have to buy you drinks, but it always comes with, because I've done this, then you owe me something, Exactly. which is the complete wrong reason why you should be, buying if you want to buy me a drink amazing but expect nothing else in return from it and if I want to do anything that's up to me you know exactly it's so true it's so true and at one point like when before I was with Felix when I was I I like <laughs> sort of my like little thing to like get free drinks obviously so many girls do this but I after like I don't know after a while of doing that I encountered some of those sorts of men who got really 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 pissed at me um, and it was actually quite scary. And like in the end, I was like, I don't want to, yeah, want to do this anymore because this is actually really scary. They really and they'll be they can be really forceful. Some men and in like thinking that why have I wasted my time and money on you when you're not giving me anything in return? And then you actually feel guilty. Like this is why my experience dating is so different because I I didn't that guilt was the only feeling I had, and I felt like obligated. I didn't have my like feminist um sort of like conversation in my head at the time going no, no no you don't owe them anything I didn't have that yet so in me for me it was just like instant guilt and there are so many other women who maybe aren't quite as like well versed in in feminism yeah. as others and and I really worry for them or like my younger self because it's like I could have gotten into some really awful situations because I wouldn't have known how to say no all because, all because yeah. they bought me a drink <laughs> it's just it's, insane it's um it's that idea that there's this like sort of exchange and like as someone who's yeah and as someone who used to be a sex worker I'm very familiar with the idea of sex and sexual favors being transactional obviously because that was right. how I paid my bills for a while but mm-hmm. it's still to the effect that even as a sex worker guys would pay a certain a rate for a certain service and then would get pissy when I said no to other things because that had not been agreed upon and they had not paid that amount of money and they were not willing to pay it. And the reality is, is that even if, and this is to any sex workers listening, anyone thinking about being a sex worker, even if a guy pays you, you still don't owe him anything. You can always say no, you can give Mm -hmm. the money back, you can run away and keep it. He's giving you that money. There's There's nothing legally binding to say that you have to follow through with a service. And for women who are not sex workers, if a guy buys you dinner, buys you a drink, buys you a trip on a fucking yacht, takes you to Dubai, whatever, you do not know, you do not owe him shit. Mm-hmm. He has done that mm-hmm. of his own volition. You are not there to be bought. You are not there to 
receive things in exchange for something else. That man has chosen to use his capital on you. That's on him. If he did that expecting something in return, that's his own fuck up because a gift of any kind should be given freely without the expectation of something in return. Yeah, in the words of, um, uh, you know, Ellie Dixon, she's like up and coming singer songwriter and I yeah. fucking love her her song and she's like you're not an image or a product or commodity like preach that is exactly yeah exactly, exactly right like you cannot be bought you are not a transactional item unless you make yourself one you know like unless you're because I know that there are like sugar daddy sugar baby agreements and they actually are like there there are certain agreements and there's it is very transactional but the thing is they set their own boundaries and rules and, I was and saying, that's still a choice it's still a choice because they're doing yeah. it they're they're setting those those boundaries I feel like we should say because this is the the one thing that men love to bring up when they find out that we're feminists is like who who pays for dinner then like who pays on a date what uh, robin you so, you said you're you're like fully 50 50 what about you i right so there i was just gonna say there's a the reason i am 50 50 is i never want to be held against like i bought you this dinner i bought you this and mm. my way of kind of avoiding that is 50 50 um and so i think like a safety thing. thing yeah yeah safety I want to have guys it sounds stupid why do I have to feel like I need my back covered but I feel the need to have my back covered I, like, I don't want to owe you anything oh it's like dating yeah, insurance I don't have you hold it. yeah yeah <laughs> um and like you know if I will always offer to split the bill and I don't only I think if I maybe if I was in a relationship and there's kind of you buy this dinner I'll buy the next one um but again I think if a man has offered to pay for you and you've been like yeah that's okay I also think that's completely okay I don't think necessarily like you know that's completely fine everyone's got their own kind of way of like their making system them, I, don't, I don't know yeah their system but again it doesn't matter what you do your choice moving forwards and how the day ends and what happens after that is still up to you yeah I agree and I think like like building on that is that I don't think this rule should be gendered like I think it should be situational Mm. like I think if if whoever asks you on the day like if I was to ask somebody on a date I am I'm planning it so I like I'm gonna buy it like and that's fine with me like I wouldn't even expect to go 50 50 I would buy that because I'm Uh, exactly like I'm setting up the event and I feel like it should be the same but like vice versa but I do understand what you're saying Robin and like it's like dating insurance like like safety to like if you feel like they might be the sort of person to 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 you know act like you owe them something then I I would totally take that approach as well but I don't think it should be gendered it should just be like whatever the situation calls like whatever's going on like maybe you beforehand you've been texting and you're like I'm really broke like this and they have like a really great job and they're like that's fine like I've got it it just sort of depends like as talk as humans rather than as a woman and a man like my perspective is if you've asked me out then I expect you to pay because you've initiated a date um Mm -hmm. I will always go to that date with the preparation to pay my own way at least I but generally and this is like this is not like me sounding like conceited or whatever but I don't tend to ask people I get asked out so I don't as you should as, as you should, should. <laughs> so I don't tend to pay on the first date or on most of my dates because I'm being asked out like... but I always go with the intention of paying and I always offer to split the bill 
Um, but I'm also not gonna be like so insistent as to like, oh no, like I can pay my way, like I'll offer it. And if they say no, it's fine, I've got it, I'll be like, thank you, that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Because for me, it's like if they throw anything in my face and expect anything for that, whether it's like, oh, do you wanna come back to my place? And I say, No, I'm not feeling it tonight, and then they have the catch a mood. Or no, they throw it in, in my face in any kind of way. I know that I'm dipping straight away. Mm. Like, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't go anywhere near me. Because you should have an that's that act of good faith should be just that. It should be a nice thing to do. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. they want to turn it into something else, then fuck them. I'm not interested. Yeah, 100 percent preach. I and you know what's really interesting about that is all three of us had a slightly different perspective on that. And I think that just goes to show that you can't gender yeah. this situation. Like there are so many angry men who, and this is the first question they ask you, and it's like this is this really the crux of like the feminist movement like is this really what's gonna break us <laughs> like it's just it's so slim, it's so fragile isn't it yeah. yeah it really is it really is like, but then I'm... they're the kind of guys as well that would lose the shit if you paid for the first date yeah I was gonna say that we haven't even, like thinking about men in general I feel like there is a certain if I if I was on a date with a woman and I offered to pay um I don't think there'd be much of like an eyelid battered they'd be like amazing but when it comes to men and I said oh I'll pay for this it's almost like I've offered the most ridiculous thing ever like there is something to do with men paying have you yeah tell us so I think because I'm so feminine and most guys that date me typically date women they sort of even though I identify as one plus I don't identify as like I'm not a trans woman um I'm kind of close and experience to a trans woman but I'm not a trans woman um I think because they see me as a woman and then if I've offered to pay or if I've just taken care of the bill um I literally had a guy say to me actually it was just drinks I just met him for like a few drinks after work when I was in London and I just I'd bought like the round of drinks and then I wanted to leave so he hadn't like got around and he sent me a text later and I wish I still had it actually but he was like oh, I found that really emasculating. Like, do you think that I can't pay for drinks? And I was like, you're making mental gymnastics. I literally went for one drink with you. I wanted to leave. I wasn't bothered about getting another round because frankly, the conversation was dead. Dead as a fucking dodo. Um, So I left and I was just like, it's, it's really not that deep. This is this is what I mean though about, what, this is like the crux of, and it's like Seriously, men are guys so angry about this. I know, like I and they 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 try and use it as like a oh you're a feminist until it gets to the bill, and it's like well oh my god, what does if that even gonna... mean? Like no. <laughs> if you're gonna stretch that much, do some fucking yoga. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my god, Preach. Preach. I think that um if we at risk of what, cutting off a good conversation, I think Ellie, did you have something you wanted to give us a little dramatic reading of? so i'm excited me too i was scrolling through reddit to try and find something to read out for this episode like one of those like what we did last episode where it's like somebody's looking for advice because they're not sure um and the keywords were like dating and feminist and though this isn't technically come under the bracket of like dating as a feminist i just found this situation interesting (laughs) it's all i'm gonna say i'm excited now so um okay so this uh she's titled it guy i'm seeing has a list of requirements he expects in a woman is this a red flag 
Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It's really, it's, it gets worse. Um, right, it's trapped been, in huns. Yeah, no, it's just like it spirals. <laughs> I've been dating this guy for three months. He's a great guy so far. He's handsome, successful and interesting. He owns his own company, is very smart and treats me well. He is 10 years older, which is the only thing I wasn't sure about. He's 38 and I'm 28. The age difference doesn't seem to have an impact. He does seem to want to settle down and I'm open to this as well. So I feel like that's a really good start. Everybody's like on the same page and I feel like 28 and 38, it could be worse. Do you know what I mean? I've heard of crazy It could be things. worse. Um, that's completely, f- I think that's not even so bad. Like My yeah, parents have a 10 year age gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really, really quite normal. So um, at that age anyway, I feel like that's that's fine. So yeah. anyway, anyways, I was at his house when he was at work and I needed to write something down. So I grabbed a notepad. I started looking for a clear page because it was mostly full. And I landed on a page that was dated before he met me, um, titled a criteria he wanted in a girlfriend. So I'm not assuming... manifesto. <laughs> I know, already a bit <laughs> weird, right? So I'm assuming he's not actively applying this list to find a woman now since it was written before meeting me. I would hope so. Uh, Here is the list. Age, 23 to 29. Working on or towards a real, in caps, career. Not a waitress with no plans to move up, etc. College degree is a plus, but not necessary. No extreme feminist ideologies. Has a positive disposition towards men, especially her father and male family members. No history of abusive relationships, stable mental health, no personality oh, disorders. No. Under again, just keeps going. Under twenty-five previous sexual partner count, history of at least one long-term relationship lasting more than a year, shared interests or open to exploring music, motorcycles, art, travel. Not a ton of guy friends. Under five hundred social media followers, no overly big social presence unless she owns a business. No Instagram influencers. No STDs, that's fair. Um, no previous children. Um, kind and empathetic personality, loyal, future-driven in goals, can cook, huge plus, but it's not a deal breaker. Thin and in shape, puts a degree oh, no. of importance on her appearance and taking care of herself. No weird blue or green type of hair colours, no excessive tattoos or piercing. Uh, no only fans or sex workers, including... Uh, ones who I am out the past. <laughs> I was out ages ago yeah huge same <laughs> huge plus if she has an artistic side musical or artistic talent but n- not a deal breaker uh, he then circled at the bottom a comment he wrote saying fucking a that's a long list good luck me after reading that list I don't know what to think about it I do fit all the criteria except being artistic and I don't know what he means by extreme feminist ideologies I know he does listen. <laughs> I know he does listen to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson on YouTube. <laughs> he also shared a video on Instagram about why you should be proud to be a man. He didn't write that, but it was labeled on the video. He shared, uh, labeled on the video he shared, and why men are important to society. And it was clips of men doing manual labor and building stuff and firefighters. He then commented saying he always advocates for boys and young men who feel lost in the world. He seems noble to me, but I don't know. I don't see him posting things advocating for women ever. That combined with this list seeming anti-feminist is throwing me off. I don't know if I should confront him about this. The list seems incredibly misogynistic and maybe even controlling, even though he hasn't ever acted in a controlling or abusive way. Something about that list feels really off to me. 
does anyone else think this list is a red flag? What should I do? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking massive red flag. Did she open that page <laughs> and then a bunch of Spanish bulls yeah. run out of the walls? Because that is the biggest red flag. Yeah, but here's the <laughs> kicker, okay? Like, just imagine yourself in this situation. They've already been together for a little bit, like they're dating. And yeah. he's really lovely to you and he's ticking all your boxes and it's just something that's written. But of course he's lovely to you because you're not like other girls. Because you're not the other girls. That's, that's yeah, that's so true. Like, I personally, I'm like, run! But she she said she had, there's another, co- like, she's replying oh, to some comments. Okay. It's not really an update, but she just says um that she, she had therapy at one point in her life and the therapist told her to write down a list of um requirements that she has in a man no matter how outrageous they are just so you sort of know your worth and she was like mine was like sort of just as outrageous in a different kind of way um but I knew that that's not like realistic it was just Something Does that... she share what's on that list? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. See, because my question is, is she perceiving it as outrageous when in reality it's actually quite normal? Um, Like, say she said things like, I want a man that has like a good career, which is a normal thing to want. Because like some of the things on his list are not unreasonable. No, but some of them are yeah. very, very unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, honestly, the comment about like, oh, she can't just be a fucking waitress, like... Yeah, My guy, in this economy, just having a job is an achievement. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> True. Like, no, I'm not even being funny that unemployment is at like 10, 15% in some parts of the States right now. And like over here, it's about 7%, I think. You know, that's a huge number of people. Mm. No matter what you do, like how you get your money, as long as you know, as long as you're happy with that. Mm-mm. I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with having a job that isn't necessarily a career, you know, and sometimes it's nice to have a a job that you can just log off from or walk away from, leave the restaurant or whatever. And then you Mm. don't think about it because it's just a job. Yeah, obviously. I think think that's interesting. Oh, sorry. No, no. I was going to say, again, like, I don't think all the points on that were like horrific. The ones about like empathy and loyal I actually I think that's quite normal to want Mm. a partner who's loyal you know that kind of aspect I think is okay what I'd be interested to know is so he hasn't brought this I would I would say you have to talk to him about it like surely she has to bring it up because if he's not been in kind of like inflicting these kind of views on her where are these views coming from and when did did he ever intend to start like bringing these views up like I'd because if the interesting bit is the bit where you're talking about, oh, the therapist has kind of said to her, maybe she should write a list to remember her worth. And if this list isn't actually affecting his day-to-day views and maybe he's not, you know, I don't know, maybe he's not actually feels so strongly about these views, although some of them were very questionable. I'd, then, I'd want to talk to him. See, my question though is about talking to him. It's this idea of like one of the common tropes of like meninists online men's rights activists is like oh like these like blue haired tattooed up pierced feminists and whatever mm. and the reality is that usually just talking about young queer women um, yeah who prefer an alternative aesthetic who are not outlandish or extreme at all they're just extreme to these men because they don't believe that women 
you know, should be submissive to men. I think this idea of extreme feminist values or ideas that he brings up, that's such a big red flag to me because mm. I feel like he probably is not aware of what actual extreme feminist views are because they get very little coverage in the media. And what's actually branded as like extreme feminism is usually just feminism that happens to be more vocal, more um, directive, um, doesn't sort of follow like the girl boss feminism that's still quite easily packaged commercially. Um, Mm -hmm. That's like the big red flag to me. And the fact that he also brings up things like she can't have guy friends or like many guy friends. That's a massive one for me. But then he wants her to have a good relationship with men and support them and respect them, but she can't be friends with them. That's what only family members. Mm. And also, but do you know what? That's why it'd be interesting to like speak to him and be like, why is that reason? Because he's been very blunt about these things, right? And I think we can mm. guess why don't you want to have why doesn't why didn't doesn't he want her to have guy friends? But it'd be interesting to sit down and be like, why did you say this? Because are we unpacking insecurities that you've got? Are we unpacking? things yes. that you know you're struggling with yourself and so you're writing these things down because you're not addressing them so having that conversation with him to work out why he think why he needs this would be really interesting yeah definitely and also why is he looking for a partner that's like nine to 15 years younger than him like that yeah. that I know we were talking about the age difference is fine but why specifically that I was just thinking yes, as well. I was just thinking as well that she said at the beginning, like, they talked about settling down. He's nearly 40, she's nearly 30. And my last relationship didn't have 10 years. It was a seven to eight year age gap. So, like, a fairly big one. And one thing that I did think about a lot was the fact that he's probably going to be ready to settle down a lot earlier than I am. And, like, what would that look like? But then knowing that these are his sort of values and things that he aspires to in a woman, which are quite traditionalist, um. Mm. I would worry that, I know she said she's open to settling down, but I would worry that if she doesn't address this or leave, which is what I would do, I would just go. I don't think I'd even have the conversation. I just think I would. Yeah, because I think having been in an abusive relationship before, and I'm not saying this relationship is abusive, but the standards that my ex-partner put on me that were very narrow and rigid, and, you know, it was like you had to be, come home from work and have a meal on the table because even though he didn't have a job you know he expected me to do all the domestic work as well and sort of exist in this very traditional sort of existence that was catering to his needs no sacrifice my own and then throwing um things up from my past like you know trauma mental illness issues that I have having been in a relationship like that guys that think that way I'm not saying they're all like this but I just know that in the future say if she you know has postpartum depression after having a child if they would have children mm-hmm. um and he's got a thing about mental illness he's not going to be you know supportive in that situation yeah um it's very revealing because, isn't it this list yeah you've like got to think it shows about it. a lot you got to think about it not just in the the now but in the future i think and if he has those beliefs now and he's at, like you know nearly 40 so he's no he's He's done four, like nearly 40 trips around the sun at this point in time. <laughs> I think mm. that I think that these sort of values that he obviously shows, they would not be compatible with my lifestyle, what I want, and I would just leave. Yeah. I appreciate people who want to talk about it, but for free the sake of three months, like now nah, I'm out. Yeah, no, same, same here. I would I mean, like I I the reason why I'm like sort of pointing these sorts of things out is because I I want to be fair to this girl because like she 
is clearly very confused and she might really like him. Yeah, but of course. Personally, like all of those values completely clash with mine. So I would be out like real yeah. quick, but I probably would have a conversation with him just to be like, well, what's this? And like, do you really think this? How long ago did you write this? Like, what's, what's do you still think this? Um, you know, like what's going on? But I think if, yeah, if anybody's writing things like that, or I would at least see if I could maybe like change his mind on some things, but that's the, that's the downfall of women, isn't it? We always think that we can change them. (laughs) That's what I did with my ex. I thought I could stay and like, it's something that we do so often, like you're in a relationship where a guy's not treating you fairly or appropriately. And he's no, really my, my ex nearly destroyed me. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, Ellie, you know, like the tea about my ex and the thing that I did is I just waited for so long being like oh well if I have one more conversation it'll make him change or you know if I stay around and put my work into this he'll be the man that I want him to be Mm -hmm. and the reality is men are like leopards they don't change their spots I believe that men can change and be reformed but it's really hard to do I don't think that they're going to change for anyone but themselves a lot of the time I think okay that's key I think men do change and can change and I think humans change constantly throughout their lives um I said in the last episode when I met Felix he was like had had been through like a, an episode of being red pilled um wasn't a red flag to me yeah. because I wasn't a feminist so like he was kind and and lovely and gentle and he still is and he's so like I mean incredible he's incredible like any everything that you could want in a man is is Felix so like looks looks out for you and what you want but he he had some very interesting views because you know he was a fan of Jordan Peterson because he, he as a man who felt a bit lost he he sort of made sense to him and he was a, a really good like role model um but you know together we like evolved and I got into feminism and I would tell him about what I'm learning and he would take it on board and it, you know now we're at a point where we're both like obviously very liberal and, and feminist that's why I'm like slightly apprehensive to be like like insult this girl by saying what you're doing this is very clear because it sometimes it's not yeah and it, it's not clear when you're like and I've just said all this like oh I'll just leave straight away that's only because I'm in a situation where I stayed longer than everyone in my life told me to leave and I didn't Mm-hmm. because in my head it was like if I stay and work at this then it'll change there's like you no know, this has to get better because I just thought he loves me you know someone who loves you doesn't treat you like this and the reality is he didn't love me at least in the way that I deserve to be loved and he did treat me like that but I had to go through it and I said like this to my mom once actually talking about it I was like I had to fuck up on my own I had to fuck around and find out basically about how I respond to treatment like that but I would never insult someone for staying or like um no feeling confused because it is confusing because the person you see on paper or like the objective eye of a relationship is not the same as your own experiences because while we on reddit we get one snapshot of this guy you know we don't know this guy also you know buys her a favorite um buys her a favorite takeaway when she's but you know, we're not feeling well. And this guy might make an effort to always put on her favorite kind of movie or just be really sweet and, you know, wakes up in the morning before and makes breakfast. You know, there's so many things that this guy could be doing that are great and really blind her from this potentially dangerous ideology or sort he, of He could be thinking. love bombing. We don't know. It could be, it could be the other, completely the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. It could be awful. Oh my God. But that's, this is the thing though with, with love is that it's the most, 
it's my favorite emotion to talk about because and probably I'm in love with love like I'm obsessed from an academic perspective just as much as a like emotional side because it's the simplest yet most complicated emotion we have and it's the most painful it's the scariest emotion we scariest. have scariest <laughs> yeah the oh, yeah. The, the 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 happiest one at the same time and it's the one that we know the least about um and claim to know the most about and it's when you're in like you know with your situation adam you, you can look back and feel like you could have done things differently or that you were wrong to ignore things or try and change him but at the time you just don't feel like that's not your reality exactly so that's and the reality why, as well yeah. mm-hmm. the reality as well is like i wasn't myself like I'd lost so much myself in that relationship and I mean I'm not saying that this that's what this girl is going through at all it seems that she's very happy with this guy and this has sort of blindsided her which I'm sorry she's going through that mm-hmm. um but in relationships it's almost like straight after my breakup and I sort of opened my eyes and came back to myself I didn't really talk to anyone about this at the time but I was so angry with myself because it's like oh my god like I literally I write for feminist magazine and you know like I would I would never be the kind of person that lets himself get treated this way by a guy and Mm -hmm. I really gave myself a hard time because I was like oh god like this is so not me but I lost so much of myself in that relationship and love made me so blind like literally love is blind in that sense it's blinding Mm -hmm. um that you know I was completely or at least on the surface at least completely sort of oblivious to the realities of just how bad it was I don't think you can I'm agreeing with what everything you're saying and I think you can never feel guilty or stupid for how you act in a type of way when you're in love um your mind and your heart are two different things and so, when you, okay. first of all I think it's beautiful that you can feel a type of emotion so deeply that you it's, it's magical and the worst thing that can ever happen to you that you can feel this emotion so deeply and that you want to do anything and but it's the worst case because if it's in the wrong hands they will encourage you to lose yourself and lose the best parts of you and they will take the bits that they want from you and that's why it is the worst and best thing that can happen to us as humans well and said I think, mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't be angry at yourself for ever acting in a type of way because how as a human, when you are so overcome with one emotion and your head will always know the right thing, but it, your whole body wants to leave with your heart because it's the only thing that will mm. make you feel better. It's such that, like you can never be angry at and that. innate, it's almost instinctual love. Mm. Before, before, because I feel like, you know, we're going to have to end it. And I, I still want to ask, um, I still want to share one more thing after I say this um is that I just want to pick up on something that you said about because you're a feminist you felt really bad for not seeing things like you were supposed to because you you know we we talk about it all the time you write about it all the time and I think that is one of the most relatable things that's been said in this podcast is that as feminist and this is like the key component to dating as a feminist is as feminists we feel like we should have our guard up and we should know how to keep ourselves safe and we should know what to expect and we sh- we know what love bombing is and we know what manipulation is and we know we're supposed to and know everything and... we're supposed to we all of these like buzzwords we're supposed to know everything about them because we're feminists and then it hits us so much harder when we miss something um I, I just think that's so relatable but I, I also think that it's really important for us to 
take into consideration everything that Robin has said and everything that Adam has said about love and how, you know, you can, everybody is like susceptible uh, to it. Everybody's a victim to it at some point. Um, You you can't beat yourself up uh, uh, over not seeing things just because you're a feminist. You're still human after all. And like, you know, that the motto of the the magazine and the podcast is that there's no such thing as a perfect feminist. You, You really can't use that. I hope people don't, use that as an excuse to like beat themselves up over because I, I, to- I relate to it and so many people relate to it so yeah Beautifully put. and Thank also you you're that. not gonna thanks you're not gonna know how you're gonna react to something until you're in that situation and it's so mm-hmm. easy as an outsider to be like I know this information and I know this and etc but nobody knows how you're feeling and no one will know how they're going to react to that situation until they're feeling the exact same emotion as you, which they will never because they're going to have a different situation. So there's absolutely, I don't think, I don't think it doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You can't, you can't predict love and how you're going to react to it. 100%. So true. And before we go, I just, because (laughs) we heard your sort of like dating disaster, Adam, but I haven't heard one from you robin i'm just really i'm just really curious because yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cut things out i'll make i'll try and make this as short as possible <laughs> this podcast but i we need to to do this obviously dating disaster oh god um okay so there's this one guy um i haven't really had any first of all i haven't really had any disasters really with women um there's been women obviously mm. that i'm just not you know just hasn't worked out for whatever reason but i've never had a disaster that's which a i don't know if that says something about women yeah um <laughs> There was this one guy who I actually is. He was the first day went really really well. He was really lovely. Um, and then the second day he just, I, you know how men don't really open up about their feelings to other men. I think as a result, he we were on a second date. He just completely unloaded so much of his just like life, which is fine. Like I actually love hearing about it. He got very drunk and then it was one of those things where he'd paid for a lot of the drinks on the night out. And so he'd specifically booked a, um, uh, it was a pub near his home so that we could go back to his. Um, Uh and I was like, Oh, I don't really know if I want to go back. Um, I don't, I was just a bit unsure. And he was like, Oh, you know, we've had a few drinks. Come on, come back. So we go back to his place. And at the time, like, I had had a few drinks, but I was a bit unsure. And I think I should have known maybe just ahead at that point. Um, and we, it just got to a point where I was like, we were like kissing. And then I was like, actually, I really don't want to be doing this. this isn't for me. And I was like, I've got to leave. And he was like, why? And I was like, I, I don't want to be here. Like, I feel like this is almost being like premeditated, the booking the place right next to your house and the buying yeah. drinks and then yeah, he definitely. mentioned it and all of these things and I was like I don't feel great about this um and he was like but you know we've been kissing with a, like he was just kind of saying all these different things I was like I that doesn't mean anything and I ha- <laughs> no it doesn't means nothing and I literally got up left and it's so weird because we mentioned guilt I felt guilty leaving I felt guilty about the situation because of what he was saying and that was arguably one of the uh, the worst in the sense that I was like now it's really late I actually didn't know where I was he lived in a really dodgy area and it was just a lot of things happened at once and I felt this wasn't going right yeah yeah yeah. I'm sorry that you went through that first of all I've had I've had experiences like that too and it, it really sucks yeah it really does it really does all right Adam did you read 
the uh, doc. Basically, I jotted down a few of my stories. Um. Oh, okay. This is interesting. I want to hear about the psychologist. The psychologist. Okay. Student. So, um, at uni, um, I started dating this guy well I I matched with him on tinder and he was he was actually he was actually the bouncer Robin for um venue venue yeah one of them in in the first year and Which he one? was I well, you can't say his name I can't say name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later um, <laughs> um yeah I matched with him and he was like really good looking uh, nothing came of it you know the match was ignored until I was lining up outside venue and my flatmates were like oh my god isn't that the guy you matched with on tinder and they were really drunk so they like took my phone and like shoved it in his face and was like oh and like made a whole thing out of it and I was like oh that's really embarrassing um but also like keep going so he like <laughs> so he um messages me um and then after that he did he was like oh that was must have been embarrassing for you and I was like yeah um and then um <sighs> we <laughs> then we were talking for a bit and he well, the, one of the first things I found out, uh, two things I found out, like the first things he said to me, which should have been an immediate red flag, is that he's absolutely loaded and he doesn't tell many people because he doesn't want people to take advantage of him because his family owns a very famous, like, I can't, I don't want to reveal too much information. Oh, fuck it. His family <laughs> owns a very famous um, <laughs> yes! betting, <laughs> very famous betting company. Okay. Uh, don't know about yeah, I know. yeah, already, but sus. Um, uh, and also a football club as well. That's definitely enough information to probably Google somebody. And I know already. I did. I have to say, even at the time when I was stupid, I was very stupid around this time as well. Can I just say? Um, we all were in first year. Honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why are you telling me that you're rich and then uh, straight after that saying don't tell anyone because I don't tell anyone because I don't want. You're telling me immediately. That's obviously a line, isn't it? He's obviously trying to like get my attention. It worked <laughs> because he was like a very handsome, like rich guy. Um, and then he's the next thing that he told me was that he's studying psychology. Um, and literally straight, I was like, oh, great. Straight after that, he's tried to psych me like immediately, like first text conversation. He was like asking me about my dad, and I was like, oh my god! But okay, I was stupid, so I answered. <laughs> and I. So I, I, he literally psyched me, tried to get me emotional, tried to get so deep to the root of all of my problems, like proper, like a therapist, a real therapist would not even do this in, in their first session. Like it was intense. And I was like, oh my God, it became obvious to me on reflection that this was obviously some kind of fetish um, or some, some kind of power play where he can like, he can make somebody emotionally vulnerable or like he has some kind of like authority over somebody because you're suddenly broken and weak it feels to me like it's a manipulation tactic to me yeah and I yeah, think that's what absolutely. it I think that's what it was so I ended up like he was like oh wait for me after my like next shift at venue the campus club in case I, mean, I didn't specify that um so I like an idiot I literally waited like an hour after the it was like 4am like what am I thinking what am I thinking um and I know and then so we decided to have like an impromptu type of date where we were just gonna like basically like get to know each other so he was at my flat we were just like in the kitchen but he was really like going after more and I'm so glad you chose this story Adam because this was the first time this was like 20 dates later I've, I'd already embarrassed myself enough during my first year this is the first time I actually stood up 
for myself and I was like yeah no, like so... you're you're in you're in really really pushing it yeah and clear like it became apparent to me what the whole like so- psychology thing was about and like so I slammed the door in my in his face it's the first time I ever slammed the door in anybody's face let alone a guy who was trying to get something from me so I'm so glad you brought up that story because it makes me look so good the others didn't but um, yeah so that was like my <laughs> first, first first experience good for you like yeah I was really proud of myself afterwards um but yeah proper weird guy and then I found out that he was um in like a really committed relationship because I went on Facebook afterwards to like have a look at him and oh. he had been in a relationship for like a year or two um and I think they got Good engaged God. like a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, yeah. good luck to her. I hope yeah, that she is well. I hope that she um, takes his money and knew. runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I hope that she is happy, healthy, and safe. The most important things that all women should be: happy, healthy, and safe. Um, but holy fuck, that guy sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He was. And you know what? There's something about a man making you feel emotional. You start to trust them like straight away. So I was like, oh my God, he cares so much about my my past. It's when they get like, there's like any deeper level, like they just get past like, how's your day been? But then we start to like have any level of like emotion there. We're like, oh my God. Oh my God. I think I love him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I know. I know. So, okay, cool. I'm so glad. I I didn't want to end this episode without all of us sharing like a, a dating disaster because I mean, what's a dating episode without that? Okay, to round off, um, I just wanted to pinpoint, we want to do a little article spotlight for the magazine. And for this week's article um, spotlight, I feel like Adam, actually you haven't explicitly agreed to this and you probably won't like me doing this because <laughs> it sounds like a bit of like nepotism. <laughs> But I am going to um, feature... Art- Not my artic- Nepo baby era. <laughs> I am going to spotlight an article that Adam wrote. It was It's absolutely incredible. It's called um, Why Are Men So Pressed About uh, Shakira and Miley? And it talks about um, basically how we're going through a breakup anthem revolution and like why men are so angry about it and um, how it's pretty amazing for women. And it's just a really well-written like interesting piece um so please go in (laughs) welcome so please go and check that out um at our website www well you don't have to say that anymore we're living in 2023 it's the uk. um and also please follow us on socials instagram is the new feminist magazine twitter is tnf magazine and i also think tiktok is tnf magazine thank you guys thanks for having me guys oh yeah thank you for coming (laughs) it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure yeah guys if you see all the amazing stuff that comes out on our like socials our instagram our twitter robin's the mastermind behind all of that and she absolutely (laughs) kills it every time and yeah just so just so glad that you could join us um but yeah thank you guys for listening as well and um feel free to dm DM us any of your like stories on instagram you know the dms are open please do that please do that yeah, we would love to. Would you know what? It would be really fun if there's if there's any hilarious ones. DM us because you guys can read it out maybe in the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We would love that. We would absolutely love that. So please do. Um, obviously it's early days, but we're still hoping for some some things where we can like interact with you guys. So yeah, but thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. <laughs>